0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans, by fans.
1: Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns, No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I'm Renee and she is Tam.
0: Hey, 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 hey,
1: hey, hey. Hey, 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 Tam.
0: <laughs> I thought I'd put a little extra on it. It's been a long time since I gave you guys some extra haze. So there you have it. Hey.
1: <laughs> and how was this weekend of yours, Tam?
0: I don't want to talk about my race <laughs> my race. How about that? I want to <laughs> talk about my weekend. I want to talk about yours because I think I saw something about you being at the Dallas Cowboys oh yes preseason,
1: and it was fantastic let me tell you being another comedian friend of mine who also lives down here in southern california he's a he's a former texan himself he's from the dallas area we went up there together on saturday a friend of his who actually works for marvel comics uh here in um los angeles uh got us hooked up with the vip access so uh we got to get real close to the uh, players. I mean, I I thought we were going to start practicing with these guys for a few <laughs> minutes. I was like, oh, my! I, I cannot believe, Tam. I, I mean, it's amazing how huge these guys are. I mean, just huge. I, I mean, I was just like, I was floored at, at how massive these guys were. But it was so awesome to be there. And I mean... Me, me and my buddy Greg, uh, his name is Greg Wilson, but me and my buddy Greg were just like, we were like a, a couple of teenage boys just walked into a, a, a video arcade game for the first time with a bunch of quarters in our pockets. It, w- it was just so so awesome. I mean, we were just all over the place. We had our phones out. We're taking pictures. We're, we're giggling and we're laughing and looking at each other like, oh, my goodness, this is the, this is the best thing ever that's happened in our lives. We got free water, free soda, popcorn. I mean, they were, I mean, it was just, it was just crazy. The only bad thing about it was that we had to leave a little early because we both had shows that night. And we had to take off a little bit early than we wanted to. But we uh, managed to stop and uh, buy a, a couple of uh, Dallas Cowboy t shirts and uh, some other uh, memorabilia stuff. It was just awesome. That was my Saturday. And it was, it was just one of the best Saturdays ever in my life.
0: <laughs> well, shout out to Greg, Renee's friend, for coming through with some tickets. Yes, sir. And yeah. you guys may not be able to hear it in Renee's voice, but Renee is a die-hard Dallas Cowboy fan. He's from Texas, so this was a huge, huge, huge big deal for him. And that's you know just awesome that the Cowboys are actually here in California practicing. And Renee got a chance to see them. So yeah. I'm happy for you.
1: I just want to quickly say that, I, and I know it sounds weird, you know, the Cowboys practicing here in Oxnard. Well, uh, not that we're here in Oxnard, but they, they practice in Oxnard, which is really not that far away from Los Angeles. It's uh, like just a little over an hour away. But I have to admit that I, uh, me and Greg have, have uh, gone to a few of these practices. But this is the first time that we actually got to go to VIP. And when you stand really close to these athletes, I think it's just one of the the, the most amazing things ever. And I don't care what sport it is. And, Tam, you know just as much as I do, I get just as giddy when I'm around football players, basketball players, as I I am when I get – when we get up and close and personal where we get to talk to some of these NASCAR drivers – I get just as giddy when I get around some of these guys. And uh, and whether that be some of the older guys like Clint Boyer or some, somebody young like Kyle Larson, I get just as giddy. And uh, I mean, it's, it's very awesome how we have put ourselves in a position where we can get to that point where we can, we can actually like interview these guys and talk to them and really kind of get up and close and personal with these guys. And it, it's, it's an awesome feeling.
0: It's actually been quite some time since I've interviewed a NASCAR driver. I think the last NASCAR driver I interviewed was Clint Boyer. And that's probably been about a month ago, maybe a month and a half. But I will tell you, I have interviewed some drivers, but they haven't been NASCAR drivers. I mentioned it last episode. But I will talk about it because I know your next question was, how was my weekend? (laughs) Right. (laughs) My weekend was very chill. I pretty much have been in the house since I returned from Montreal. I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I actually flew down to Canada for the Formula E race. I didn't stay for the race, but I was down there, went to a press conference that DHL held.
1: Or maybe you flew, maybe you flew up. To Canada.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess I did fly up to Canada, not down. But yeah, so DHL had a press conference and I got an opportunity to speak with the CEO of DHL in Canada and talk about their partnership with Formula E and with BMW. And from there, we actually hit the track. Now, Formula E is not Formula One and it's not IndyCar and it's not NASCAR, but it has its excitement. Maybe because it's all new to me, I have a thousand questions, but I know I got an opportunity to speak with some of the drivers and they probably were like, hey, don't ask another question. As one of the drivers said and mentioned, he said, some people will always be petrol heads. I'm a petrol head. I'm going to always like my NASCAR, but Formula E is very intriguing and the partnership that DHL has with them and BMW is intriguing as well, because my first thought was, what the hell does DHL have to do with Formula E? This is a valid question, but I'll tell you, I learned a lot because, and and I'm sorry to take up so much time, but I just want to let you guys in on something. When They transport the Formula E cars, they transport all the cars, all 40 cars, because it's 10 teams, two drivers on the teams, what's that, 20 cars, right? Right. And each driver has two cars, so that's 40 cars. Believe it or not, DHL transports all 40 cars at one time. So unlike in NASCAR where we take the car in the hauler that's owned by the team and hit the road or go back to Charlotte to the shop, once Formula E season starts at the beginning, those 40 cars are all together shipped from place to place at one time. So the teams, they never get an opportunity to go back to the garage because their garage is the next city. And I know that was probably like, what? But yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. I'm not going to go on and on, but I will say this. One of the drivers that I had an opportunity to hang out with, thanks to DHL, while I was in Montreal, he actually won. He won the championship. So wow. kudos how, how awesome to me.
1: awesome that? <laughs> yeah, kudos to you, Tim.
0: Okay, so we've talked a lot. Let's get into some NASCAR talk. Let's talk about Pocono. Kyle Busch was our winner. He finally, finally won a race this season.
1: And he was our pick, too.
0: (laughs) No, I think he was your pick. I didn't pick him.
1: Oh, I thought you did pick him as well. I'm sorry.
0: No, don't rub it in. (laughs) So, let's... Give Renee a pat on the back. He picked Kyle Busch to win. Yeah, yeah. 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 How about that?
1: <laughs> well, I I will he dominated. say this. Let's say that. Yeah, he, he sure did. And and the one thing that I thought was telling was right after that race, and you heard him on the radio, and he said momentum momentum built. I believe him. I think this is something that that Kyle Busch and his team can can really build on. And like we said, there's only a few races left. Who knows how many wins Kyle Bush can rattle off. This is so crazy, Tam, how, you know, with Kyle Bush winning uh, this past weekend, I mean, it's just amazing how this whole playoff picture just kind of starts to shape out. It's just, it's just crazy.
0: We're going to jump into the playoffs in terms of where we are in the standings. But before we do that, I guess I'll give you the top 10. We had Kyle Busch winning, as we just said. And as you know, because you're NASCAR fans, you already know this. But just to give you a recap, Kevin Harvick came in second, Martin Truex Jr. third, Denny Hamlin fourth, Brad Keselowski fifth. My man, Clint Boyer, came in sixth. And how about Clint Boyer actually winning a stage? Yeah. He won a stage. (laughs) How about that? Yes, after I think he led, what, five laps before he won that stage? But yeah, so Clint Boyer finally won a stage, and he needed that desperately because he's kind of on the playoff bubbles. I think he's actually on the outs, but we'll cover that in yeah, a second. Yeah, I think,
1: I, I think you're right because I think Chase Elliott is, is the one that's actually right on the bubble bubble.
0: Okay, so Daniel Suarez actually came in seventh, and I think what helped Daniel was he was getting his Macarena on. How did, what, I, You know what?
1: Macarena.
0: Macarena?
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. About, if, you, if you're talking about the dance, then yeah.
0: Yeah, because, <laughs> like, uh, you know, they did that fan fest in Pocono, and he was on stage. Hey, Macarena, huh? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Eric Jones, eighth. My other guy, my quiet assassin, Mackenzie, ninth, and Chase Elliott came in, tenth. Some notables really quick. Casey Kane followed up his win in Indianapolis with an 11th place finish at Pocono. Dale Jr. still struggling, but hey, he came in 12th. Danica, surprisingly, Danica Patrick came in 15th. And if you notice, I didn't call a certain someone's name who's always runner up. He's always a bridesmaid, but not a bride. And that's Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson actually came in 33rd place. Yeesh. And Jimmy, Mr. Seven Time, he came in 35th. But we all know Jimmy got into a little accident. Now that we've given you the top 10, before we jump in the standings, I want to talk about Matt Kensett and Martin Truex really quick. It seems as if, it's, you know what? There are five drivers that come to mind. And I wrote an article on Beyond the Flag that you guys can check out that pretty much was who's hot and who's not. And I said in this article that Jimmy Johnson will always be on this list because he's hot. He's won three races already this year. But I want to just say this. I feel like there are four or five drivers that are always in the conversation, in the hunt, a topic. And that's Kyle Bush, Matt Kensett, Martin Truex Jr., Jimmy Johnson, and Kyle Larson. And I'm sure many of you guys will agree with me. It seems like these these four or five drivers are always dominating everything. But what I'm starting to see is that this whole Kyle Busch, Truex Jr., low-key rivalry is happening. Nobody's talking about it because they're too busy talking about why Joe Gibbs suspended Truex team and we're definitely going to jump on that later yeah but there's this quiet rivalry going on and and you know one of our Twitter fans he kind of threw something at me oh my god I can't think of his username but I definitely will find it so you guys know who it is but he threw something at me and said Tam is always looking for a rivalry Hey, you know what? I like the drama in NASCAR. When people ask me why I like NASCAR, that's what I tell them it's drama. So yeah, yeah. I want to see some rivalries.
1: And you know, what's funny not to interrupt you real quick, Tim, but I think you're right. And I think you're, you're kind of onto something because I think it kind of what makes the races a little bit more enjoyable to watch. I mean, cause if we compare what happened last week to this past weekend, I mean, the race was kind of boring, to be, to be honest with you. With all the cautions and the wrecks that happened the week before, it seemed like the drivers were really racing hard against one another. They were being like so competitive. And when you see somebody like Kyle Busch just go out and dominate the way he does, it's just, it just doesn't have the same effect, you know?
0: It definitely doesn't. I mean, we we saw a little drama. A little dust up, heat up between Kyle Larson and Jimmy Johnson last week, but we already know that's not going any place. Jimmy's a lover. Kyle Larson has some signs of a AJ Foyt or a Tony Stewart, but he's definitely not a boxer. So we right. know that wasn't going to go any place. <laughs> and then too, it's the young guy and the old guy. You know, I think Kyle Larson has too much respect for Jimmy Johnson to take it any other way or take it to the next level. Now, if it was Joey Logano, Joey would have (laughs) probably did something with his little smirk. But hey, that's a whole nother conversation. Let's jump into these playoffs really quick. I think each week we've been giving you the standings, but this week I'm going to give you the playoffs so you have an idea of what exactly is going on. We only have five more races before the playoffs started. We've had 13 drivers who've secured spots in the playoffs. It's only 16 drivers moving on. So we've had 13 drivers secure a spot with a win. Things are about to get ugly. 5 yeah, races. I mean,
1: literally, exactly. I mean, could we could we could technically have 16 different drivers that have won a race this season get into the playoff? How how crazy would that be?
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well,
1: really, I mean, just trying to I gather up points. I, I'll be honest with you, Tam, at this point, it doesn't seem like that's going to be enough. It, it, it seems like you're going to have to win a race.
0: Well, let's take a look at the playoff picture. Martin Truex leads. He has the most points because that guy, he's won 14 stages. Hey, and you know what? I just realized that I mentioned Martin Truex Jr. name when I said earlier that there are about four or five drivers that we're always talking about. hmm Yeah. Oh, okay. I just want to double check. So Martin Truex has 14 stage wins and three race wins, and he has the most points, making him the leader when it comes time to go to the playoffs as of today. Larson, if you recall, was the leader, but NASCAR deducted 35 points from him. So he is currently second with three wins. Kyle Busch has one win and eight; he's won eight stages. Brad Keselowski three wins, three stages. Jimmy Johnson three wins, one stage. Kevin Harvick one win, three stages. Denny Hamlin has one win, two stage wins. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. that guy has two wins.
1: Two wins.
0: Two. It's crazy. Wow. Ryan Blaney <sighs> snuck in a win, but Ryan also has three stage wins, so that's pretty good. Chase Elliott is in tenth. Now, here's the thing about Chase. Chase is in 10th, but he has no wins on the season. And he has two stage wins, but no race wins. What's helped Chase Elliott is because he's consistently run in the top five, top 10. So that's why he's in the 10th spot. Kurt Busch has one win, no stages. Ryan Newman, one win, no stages. Casey Kane, of course, he has one win at Indy last week and no stage wins and he's in 13th place so you guys can fill in the gap because I forgot to say Kurt was eleven, Chase was 10th you guys can fill in the gap I hope so <laughs> Right. okay so <laughs> 13th is Casey Kane, 14th is Austin Dillon who has 1 win and 0 stage wins Matt Kenseth has 0, oh my god Matt I need you to win Matt has know, right? zero race wins, but he's won two stages. And he's in the fifteenth spot on the bubble. And Jamie McMurray is hanging in there, but he has zero wins and zero stages, but he's in a sixteenth spot based on point. So that's you know a pretty, pretty interesting um playoff picture.
1: Yeah, and it crazy. I mean, just to listen to all that is just mind boggling because then you go, There's some really big name drivers who are on the outside looking in and possibly may not make it to the playoff, which is just crazy.
0: Yeah. I mean, we didn't mention Junior. We haven't mentioned Joy Logano because remember he had that one win that was Ruth and Cumbert and mm-hmm. Clint Boyer, who's on the bubble. And I feel like we're missing somebody else that is a big name.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's I don't have the list in front of me, but wow.
0: Let's talk about Chase Elliott for a second. What the hell is going on with Chase? Like he's there, but he can't, it's not clicking.
1: Yeah, it's like, I think you're right. I think that there's something that you can go, what is it like he's missing and you just can't put your finger on it and you're not sure if it's a mental thing or or what it is. But it is just amazing how he's so talented, this kid. I'm really honestly surprised, Tam, that he has not won a race yet. It's just mind boggling. But I have a feeling that he's on the verge of winning a race, whether he's going to win one the rest of this year or not, is it remains to be seen. But I I really, I sure hope he does, Tam. I really do.
0: I feel like he better because Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez are knocking on the door and it would just be horrible. And, And I mean, not like that. No disrespect to Daniel or Eric Jones, but if... These guys won a race before Chase. That means Chris Buescher won a race. Austin Dillon won a race. Ryan Blaney won a race. All before Chase. Yeah. This makes no sense. I expect more from the rookie of the year. Like, let's look at it for what it is. Chase came out the box sitting on the pole in Daytona. He he got our hopes up high, and I feel like he has us hanging on the edge of a cliff. but that's it Like, dude, you were voted in the all-star race like you took Danica Patrick's spot because you know the fans didn't vote for her this year but a lot of that has to do with how she handled Eric Amarola's situation but I just think after five years the fans are tired of her anyway and while we're talking about Danica believe it or not she's actually been racing well yeah you know What's funny,
1: Tim, is I was having a, a quick conversation with our good friend, Lewis Frank, who we know is a really, really good writer for NASCAR. He tweeted, what's lost in what a crazy season that we've had so far and the last few races is how well Danica Patrick has really been racing and finishing the, the, the races. And I second that motion. There was a commenter who commented on our our conversation saying, how disappointed she was that a lot of people are happy that she's going to retire at the at the end of the season. And, and I I wanted to kind of respond back, but I, I didn't really want to engage. But whoever she was, and I don't remember her Twitter handle, but I think she kind of just misread what, what we were talking about because we were actually giving her some praise. And uh, you're right, Tam, on what you just said. She's been finishing the races really well, and she's Managed to avoid wrecks and bad luck, and she's actually been been having some good races lately.
0: Shout out to Lewis Frank first and foremost. I am going to find that tweet and retweet it. So check out our Twitter account at user turns no break. I love Lewis. I love what he always has to say. So check that out. My thoughts on Danica. We haven't said it in a while, but it's worth saying. We're not Danica haters. We're just not Danica fans. Right, and on that note, Danica has been racing well for her, not for anybody else. But let's face it, we've had twenty-one races this season, and she's had seven DNFs out of twenty-one races, which is crazy. But since Kentucky, she's got her stuff together. She came in fifteenth in Kentucky, in New Hampshire, and Loudon, in New Hamp Loudon. You know, I you know, I can I can never master that northeastern slang. So I'm just gonna say New Hampshire. So in New right. Hampshire, she came in thirteenth. Indianapolis, she came in eleventh. And Pocono, she came in fifteenth place. For the last four races, quietly she's been doing her thing. That's four top twenty finishes. Her best finish so far this year has come at Dover where she came in 10th. Not bad considering, but then in retrospect, not good considering. She's been racing five years. You know, it goes either way, but sometimes things just click. I mean, we just talked about with what, what Chase Elliott. It hasn't clicked yet, but when it clicks, it's going to be on. And for Danica, it's clicking, but I think it's maybe clicked too late. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. but. Um- it wouldn't surprise me a bit, and I've been saying this for a long time now that if she ends up, you know, hanging it up at the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise me at all.
0: We know she's not going to make the playoffs because it's too late for that, unless she wins. Who knows? I mean, she could win at Watkins Glen. Well,
1: hey, Casey Kane want to want to race? I don't know.
0: <laughs> In one of my articles that I wrote for beyondtheflag.com, dot com, I may mention that if. Chase Elliott can win a race. I'm sure Kyle Busch can drive the number 18 into victory lane. And sure enough, he did. The article was published on Sunday. I guess I spoke it into existence and my man, Kyle Rowdy Bush, rolled up into (laughs) victory lane. because To me, it was crazy that he still hadn't won a race, but yet we had Casey King trucking along. What about that? (laughs) Okay, question for you. This was a question that we posed during our Twitter chat, and if you don't know, make sure to know, get on it. Every Monday, we have our Twitter party at 3 p.m. Eastern time, where we ask questions that are typically generated by you, the fans, and we post them and we let you guys talk. The question today, and I'm going to ask this to Renee, who has the best chance of making the playoffs? Chase Elliott? Jamie McMurray, Clint Boyer, Matt Kenseth, or Legiano.
1: Well, I think right off the bat, I would probably say Matt Kenseth. However, uh, a part of me, if I could pick a winner and a dark horse like we usually do on predictions, I would say Matt Kenseth first, and then I would say my dark horse would be Chase Elliott. I don't know what's going on with Logano, but I I he has just not been the same race car driver ever since that huge wreck with Amarola. And um I don't I don't know what's going on over here and or over there in his head, but uh I just don't see him making it, but I do see Matt Kenseth quietly sneaking in there as the quiet assassin and maybe pulling out a race and getting in. But then again, I also see Chase Elliott sneaking in there as well. And it's amazing how I say that knowing I'm sitting here saying Joey Logano looks to me like the least person, other than Jamie McMurray, than not getting in. So I would have to go with Matt Kenseth as my answer.
0: I will tell you, you made an interesting point. I didn't think about Joey not performing since the accident with him, Eric, and um, Danica Patrick. Interesting observation. I will tell you some of our Twitter friends chimed in and i'm only going to read a couple because this is not our fan comment of the week but of course i just want to give a shout out to our peoples one of our twitter fans friends jason rogers user at j rogers sports he chimed in and said that he was going to say boyer and that Elliot has the speed to win almost anywhere, but they're not executing very well lately. And we just talked about that. So I will agree. Ryan underscored Goodwin. He said none of the above. I'm not sure what that was about, Ryan, but thanks for chiming in. Or actually, maybe that was a response for something else. Of course, somebody said Dill Jr., but that wasn't in the... <laughs> That wasn't an option. Jonathan at user JTB as in boy A U D 24, because he's a Chase Elliott fan, he says, Well, I hope Elliott makes it, although things aren't clicking in the way they should be. But I think Elliott could and Boyer. And that's the exact words I use things aren't clicking. And one other comment from front row Kenny that's at user front row Kenny. He says, I feel like Boyer has a good shot to get himself in on a win. Elliot is a maybe if he has some good luck.
1: Yeah. That's so true. everything kind of
0: comes back to this Elliott. And then uh, let's see, Gamer6238, Seth. He says, I'm thinking either Elliott or Kinsett because these two have had a lot of speed. And then he also chimed in and said he thought Dale Jr. might <laughs> get a win. But we'll see how it works. It would be great if he could get a win before it's all over, but it's not looking very good. It's not looking good for Junior. Okay, so where are we at? Just a couple of – oh, wait. We haven't even talked about the Joe Gibbs suspension. Yeah. Do you want to cover that? And then we haven't talked – speak. Okay, we haven't even talked about Dale Jr. I know there's a lot going on with Dale, so I'm going to let you chime in real quick and talk about Dale.
1: Yeah, uh, real quickly with Dale, I mean, there is a whole lot, but it's not a whole lot to talk about, uh, to be honest with you. Within the last couple of uh, days, he's just kind of like really just trying to tell everybody he's going to reveal his uh, paint scheme for the last race on his car on uh, some home shopping network, which is weird in itself. But uh, he's got that going on. He's just doing some last Was it home shopping
0: network or QVC?
1: Well, it was QVC, but it was also part of- But I guess QVC
0: is a home shopping network. Okay, go ahead. Right,
1: that is correct. And also, Tim, um, he's just kind of been talking about uh, his new beginnings, his broadcasting career that's coming up next year. Just talking about what kind of broadcaster he's going to be, the kind of energy he's going to bring to the crew. And I, I mean, I'm just like you and everybody else. I'm actually looking forward to hearing him and seeing him in the broadcast booth. I mean, I'll be honest with you, I hate seeing him get out of the car and off the track uh to start this broadcasting career. But at the same time, I'm actually really kind of excited to see that as well. I mean it sounds crazy, but uh, he also talked about how him and his dad never really talked racing. I think it was just one of those things where his father just kind of like let him come in and, and start doing his own thing and and of course, with his dad passing, fortunately the way he did, it just never really, you know, gave them time to really like kick back and talk racing like I think that they would have liked to, if that makes any sense. The Dale Jr. seemed to like really just kind of come in and take over where his father left off, and and obviously as we we see his his career come to a close this year, I think we can see in a nutshell what he's done. And what a great career he's had. You know, when you compare it to his dad, I mean, it's a little bit different. I mean, his his dad was one heck of a race car driver. I mean, that goes without saying. And then, you know, just talking about Dale Jr.'s chances of making the playoffs like we just did a few minutes ago. I mean, it looks really bleak. It doesn't look good. He hasn't been racing very well, Tam. And I'll be honest with you, I would be so disappointed if he doesn't make the playoff. But at this point, it's like he's, he's going to need a miracle. He's going to have to pull out a, he's going to have to pull out a win. I mean, we talked about it. I think the only way of getting into the playoff is you're going to have to win a race. I don't even think by just creating points is not going to be enough. Even if that was the case, he's just so far back. I mean, he, he literally would need a, several miracles to happen to even get into the playoff chase with just points by itself. So with that being said, uh moving on to the to the whole Joe Gibbs suspension. Uh well before issue.
0: we move on, I did want to add one thing yeah, about Dale, just really quick. It's so sad that so many people have so many negative things to say about Dale Jr. When I came into the sport, and obviously I who didn't know who Dale Jr. was, I immediately gravitated to Tony Stewart. It's just more of my cup of tea and my personality right matches with smoke but i never understood the hate that dell junior got like first and foremost he is not his dad once you guys understand that you're better off two this guy is one on the big stage he hasn't won a championship but he's won all the big races
1: right he has and and i think that that's a great point i think that's a completely great point that you just made and unfortunately i think that that's just the way I think sometimes uh, fans are with any athlete in general, especially if you see them winning all the time. I mean, it's just something that fans just do. They get tired of seeing the same the same people winning, winning and winning. And I know I get to this point sometimes, Tam, but when, when you see the, the same football team winning over and over again, I'm sure there's a, probably a lot of people who hate the Patriots. Really quick, moving on just to the Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, because I know we got some other topics that we also want to hit before we close everything out. You know, the whole Joe Gibbs Racing thing uh, is really just, and I'm sure everybody knows, and if you don't know, about the Joe Gibbs Racing suspending two Martin Truex Jr.'s crew members. After the Indianapolis Motor Speedway race, there was a small, uh, you know, altercation between Kyle Busch's team and Martin Truex Jr.'s team. Now, The crazy thing is, is that JGR provides and employs crew members to Furniture Row Racing. So both are employed by Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, Unfortunately, front tire changer Chris Taylor and rear tire changer Lee Cunningham were suspended uh, for the next three races, which is Pocono, Watkins Glen and Michigan. And then they'll be able to return to the 78 pit crew. But there was a little altercation and it actually was a little bit was caught on on camera. <laughs> but if you go to any of the NASCAR websites, you can find it. It's actually quite interesting. Now, Tim, did you I don't know if you happen to see the, the video or not. Of um, course,
0: I've, I've seen it. They've played it a thousand and one <laughs> times. I know. I mean, I not to interrupt, but Joe Gibbs has stated that there's more to the video that wasn't caught and we don't know we didn't see this right but
1: exact, exactly exactly and, and and apparently adam stevens which is kyle bush's uh crew chief um happened to be walking by and decided to confront some of the guys and then it just turned it kind of escalated a little bit but was it warranted yes i could see why it was warranted and when you, you have adam stevens the crew chief kind of outranking these guys i think it was because it was Adam Stevens, why they got suspended. I think if it was another tire changer or something like that, m- maybe Joe Gibbs racing might've kind of let it go. Uh, maybe a fine, I-, I guess. But I think because it was Adam Stevens, that's why the suspensions came down.
0: My thought on it is that first of all, we posed this on Twitter to our friends on Twitter and everybody chimed in and was like, you know, if you, we're yelling at your boss, you would get fired, blah, blah, blah. My thing is, is that they're all employed by Joe Gibbs Racing, but in fact, they're two separate teams, and this is the NASCAR way. Now, if it would have been a punch drone or something like that, then maybe, but I, I just thought that the way it was handled wasn't the best. I personally don't, I don't know what happened Right. before. I only know what I saw in the video, so I can't make a fair assessment. But unless somebody actually punched somebody in the face and it really went down, it sounded like it was a bunch of jaw japping and then lip service.
1: Yeah, that, what, that, that, that's was the problem? True. Like and, this and, is just
0: what happens. Keep right, it moving, and, and he shouldn't even been in their box anyway. Although he said that well, he was that, walking that, past.
1: That's true. I mean, staying out of you know another team's box. That now I can understand that. That's definitely something that I will agree with, and and you got to respect that. But I will tell you, at the end of all of this, Furniture Row Racing team owner uh, Barney Visser did back up Joe Gibbs Racing's decision to suspend the guys. And you know what? He supported all the actions and the decisions of Joe Gibbs Racing. And that's the end of that.
0: Let's move on. What else? Oh, the other hot topic in NASCAR is the fact that we actually had qualifying on the same day as the race. Some fans like it. Some people don't. I'm kind of indifferent. My Sundays revolve around NASCAR, so it was fine that it happened, but I don't know, I'm indifferent. Nobody comes to qualifying anyway. It gives the, you know, in terms of the fans, but it gives the drivers an extra day to rest. I saw something where it was saying that NASCAR can cut back on the budget and save money. I don't know. What how do you feel about it, Renee?
1: I don't really care to have that all in the same day. I just think it's way too much. I'm totally okay with just qualifying and then racing on another day. I just thought that was way too much. And I'll be honest with you, in a nutshell, I can do without all of that.
0: I'm indifferent. I don't have a comment one way or the other. There's something to be said about rushing and doing everything in one day. If somebody actually chimed in on Twitter and said, it's all good now, but wait until a car wrecks out or something. And then there's no real time because you're doing it in the same day to recuperate or do what you need to do. Now, this was the old NASCAR model. At the same token, we're evolving. I talk about this a lot. I wrote an article about it. The old ways of NASCAR versus the new ways. And should we just get over the glory days? We're kind of forced to because NASCAR made a decision. And this won't be the only race this season where that's happening. This weekend at Watkins Glen, we're going to do the two a days, for lack of a better word. And the October race in Martinsville is also going to be a two a day. So, regardless of how you feel, it's happening. So, I guess we should just get over it. <laughs> and some of our Twitter followers chimed in. Let's see, just randomly, uh, Scotty Styles29. He said, I generally liked it. Thought it was cool. However, the first driver that wrecks or blows a motor and is snake bitten by will hate it. Okay, that probably was the comment that I just talked about. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I totally agree with that because I think that's a great point.
0: And just so you guys know, like we're doing this show, we prepare notes, but a lot of these comments, I just pick them at random. That way we're not biased. So I do not ever prepare the comments. I just pick them at random while we're on the show while we're talking on this show. Okay. Speaking of
1: comments, why don't we jump into some fan comments of the week?
0: Well, Renee, I got one more comment to read about. Oh, I'm that. sorry. I'm
1: sorry. It's my that. I thought we were, I'm sorry. No, we're about ahead. to jump
0: into some fan comments. So Andrew, user A, B as in boy, M as in Mary, C, C, U, L, L, O, U, D, H. He says that he doesn't prefer it. As a fan watching from home, but I support making weekends easier on the teams. Hashtag work life balance. I like that one. Everybody has their own opinion. Okay, Renee. So, since Renee was so anxious to jump into some fan comments, I am going to pick a Twitter comment from Jaws. That is, and if you don't know the nicknames, that's Daryl Waltrip. You guys love to hate Daryl Waltrip. (laughs) So DW, he actually posted on Twitter earlier on Monday, he said, am I the only one that thinks a podium is a good idea? Top three to the podium for pictures and interviews would be good for the fans. So of course the fans had a lot to say about that one. And I think DW kind of got this ideal from Formula One, where you have, in fact, shout out to Sebastian Vettel, who won the race, the Hungarian Grand Prix this weekend. And I only gave him a shout out because I did a hot lap with that guy, you know, the Ferrari team. And I actually met somebody from Ferrari when I was leaving Montreal who was totally in shock that I knew so much about motorsports and that I actually have visions of owning a Ferrari California or a Ferrari 458 one day soon in the future. Because I'm about wow. that life. I like fast cars, if you didn't know. Okay, <laughs> that was complete side note, but you know, you got to put it in the universe. <laughs> Ferrari California, hey. I can envision hey. myself in an all-white one with tan interior. Getting back to DW, that was a quick break of fantasizing about driving a Ferrari. So he got this comment from pretty much what goes on in Formula One. So some quick fan comments, because you know, people had things to say. Right. and Bun is at user Smooth O-P-E-R 88 O-R. So I think that was supposed to be Smooth Operator, but he used 88 instead get it okay yep (laughs) so he (laughs) says he has to agree with dw they do it in the nascar pitney series fun victory lane celebrations it's also great exposure for the top three and their sponsors okay fair enough billy farmer at user billy f-a-r-a-l-w-a-y-s the number three He says, not really, because most time leading car so far ahead because of clean air on these cars, no need interview anyone but winner. Okay. He kind of left out some of the words, but you guys understood what I was trying to say.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And let's
0: see. What else should I read? Okay. Grady A. Bishop at Team Russian Arm. He says, I like it, and it's better for sponsors. And just randomly, Gamer6238 says, I think the podium would be a good ideal for the top three drivers. F1 does it. I just said that. Okay. What do you think? Should we do podium finishes in NASCAR?
1: I was just going to agree with you when you said that it should be for the top three. Because Formula One does it. I was thinking the same exact thing as you two guys were. (laughs) I'm right along with you guys on that.
0: Well, one person actually chimed in and says, they're going to change everything until nobody is showing up. And this goes back to my article about NASCAR glory days. And the title of the article is NASCAR when your time is up. Time is up on a lot of things. Time is up on drivers. Casey Kane is having issues. Well, he has no sponsors. How about that? Even yeah. if he goes to another team, he has no sponsors. Kurt Bush, he's having sponsorship issues. We already know Danica's been having issues. I mean, one of the reasons why Bubba Wallace is not running an Xfinity series or in the Xfinity series is because he doesn't have sponsors. So the money is tight. Money is yeah. tight. And, I, I totally and you know what? This is okay. I feel like, Maybe I'm being influenced by the comments, or maybe the comments are just on point with my thoughts, but somebody write in response to DW's question, because these days money is tight everywhere. There it is. I'm going to leave it on that note. And I guess at this point, because we've talked a lot, let's get into some predictions. We're at Watkins Glen's this weekend it's time for tam and renee's race predictions renee who you got
1: okay watkins glenn i'm gonna stay on a roll here i'm gonna stay on uh, the fact that kyle bush said momentum builder and i'm gonna jump on that bandwagon and i'm gonna go with kyle bush winning at watkins Glen this week and as my dark horse I I'm going to be honest with you I think I'm going to go with Brad Kislowski for some reason. I don't I don't know why I'm I'm choosing Brad Kislowski but uh some kind of vibes that I always get when I do my picks is coming from Brad Kislowski but I I think Kyle Bush is going to be the one to keep that momentum. I'm going to jump on that wagon and I'm going to say he's
0: your winner. So there you have it. Those are Renee's picks and I think he's sticking to them. You got it. I give you the past 10 each week before I give you my predictions. So here it is. 2007, Tony Stewart rolled into victory lane. 2008, Kyle Busch. 2009, Tony Stewart. 2010, Juan Pablo Montoya. 2011, Marcos Ambrose. 2012, Marcos Ambrose. 2013, Kyle Busch. 2014, AJ Amendinger. 2015 Joey Logano, 2016 Denny Hamlin. Now, if you want to know about the patterns, and you know, I I like to kind of see who's done what. Kyle Busch is actually a two-time winner in the Cup series at Watkins Glen. And Kurt Busch is a two-time winner in the Xfinity series. Joey Logano is also a two-time winner in the Xfinity series. Here's a fun fact. In 2015, Logano swept both races, the Xfinity and the Cup race. He won back to back. And it looks like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really see anything that's jumping at me. So let's see. I think I'm going to pick Kyle Busch. I feel like once you catch that bug, whether he's hyped on his team owner, Joe Gibbs, having his back and putting a knife in the back of Martin Truex's team. I mean, Martin Truex still did good this week without his guys, but let's just keep it real. It's kind of a bad situation to be in. when Your team is suspended because of things that happen with your, I guess, teammate, even though they're really not teammates. Right. I understand. Yeah, you get it. I'm sure the listeners get it as well. Okay, so I'm going to go with a Kyle Busch. And I think I'm feeling like it should be a first-time winner. I'm not quite sure I want to go with Chase Elliott because Chase is, I see Chase winning in Talladega. He's kind of great at Michigan, Talladega, Daytona tracks that are fast. I don't know. This is a a tough one.
1: (laughs) I didn't think you were going to be stumped like this. I figured you'd come right off the box.
0: Yeah, Kyle Busch is my winner, and my dark horse is Matt Kenseth. No, Whoa. Scratch. My dark horse is Clint Boyer, putting good vibes in the air. Oh, there but you, you know go. what? I'm torn because I I need Matt Kenseth to win as well. I'm going to pick Kyle Busch as my winner and my first dark horse because we're going to do a podium. So my podium is Kyle Busch in the number one spot, Clint Boyer in the number two spot, and Matt Kenseth is going to stand on the podium in the number three spot. I don't know. Did that make sense?
1: I was trying to follow that, but okay.
0: Okay, so Clint <laughs> Boyer and Matt Kenseth are my dark horses. I picked two dark horses. There it is. Oh,
1: wow. Uh, okay. Well, we can do that, too. There's no problem picking two dark horses. So there you have it. Those are our picks. I have mine. Tam has hers. If you have uh, your winners and your dark horse, please let us know. Hit us up on our social media across the board, at Breaks. Uh, follow us on instagram please subscribe to us on itunes rate and review us leave us a comment and please if you know anybody else that is a nascar fan just like we are just like you are please turn them on to the podcast and have them tune in be kind to each other and we will definitely see you here again next week
0: bye bye thanks so much for tuning in with tam and renee